well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am glad you're with us on the program today. We're going to be talking with uh, my friend and contributor at Bearing Arms, John Petrolino, a uh, Second Amendment advocate, firearms instructor, gun owner, and... Uh, maybe even a concealed carry holder in the state of New Jersey. are going to be talking about the big decision by U.S. District Judge Renee Marie Bum on a Tuesday, granting an injunction against a lot of New Jersey's uh, carry killer legislation, the Bruin response bill that established a host of sensitive places where lawful concealed carry was banned, uh, as well as requiring concealed carry uh, holders to uh, hold a liability insurance policy that also struck down by the uh, judge yesterday. Uh, she did uphold, at least for now, some of the licensing requirements for uh, would-be carry applicants in New Jersey. And we're going to talk about uh, all of this with John Petrolino uh, here in just a moment. But before we do, here's something we really have to think about. What is happening with the banks? It's literally crazy. Can you imagine what this is going to do to the retirement savings of America? Now, I want to tell you what I've heard from Augusta Precious Metals. Gold buying's on fire right now because people want gold IRAs to protect the retirement savings. And get this, if you have 100000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. That's a big deal. A pure gold coin for free. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and learn how you can get started with gold. Don't let bank failures get you down. Get this free gold and get some peace of mind. Just call 855-222-4997 to learn whether gold can help protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 855-222-4997. Again, 855-222-4997. All right, let's uh, kick off the conversation with John Petrolino about the uh, current state of concealed carry in the Garden State, as well as what might happen next. Take a look and listen. John, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. It's good to see you. Uh, Cam, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you for the invite. Uh, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I promise Charlie Cook, had he did not pay me to wear this shirt. I just thought, <laughs> given our mutual friendship with Charlie, uh, you know, today would be a good day for a shout out. I was just talking to him today about you, but uh, he'll find out later, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, well, we'll, we'll pick that conversation up maybe off air, but uh, you know, so I got to ask me yesterday, we saw this uh, hugely important decision by judge Renee Marie Baum uh, granting an injunction to many parts, not every part of the uh, carry killer legislation in New Jersey, but really, I mean, the, 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 you know, she struck down the uh, liability insurance requirement, uh, right? Because uh, under this legislation, every concealed carry holder in New Jersey was supposed to obtain liability insurance, right? Have, have you even tried to see if this insurance is available in New Jersey? So, that's a, a great question, and it's not available. And Joe Danielson, which you know I don't really speak very kindly of or write kindly about because he's, I'm going to say, the second biggest um, jerk in New Jersey politics. Um, I think he introduced and rolled out legislation that's going to require insurance carriers to offer such a policy. Because no such policy exists. And if we turn back the clocks, uh, Governor Murphy had put out an executive order years ago saying, hey, there is no murder insurance in the state of New Jersey. So things like 
um, USCCA are not allowed here and other policies aren't allowed here. Um, there are some options that are membership programs that you can get in New Jersey, but they really, and like th when they run after the NRA carry guard, I think that was one of the programs that got shot down. I mean, they're now defunct, but that wouldn't be eligible for um, use in New Jersey. So you have on one hand, you have, you know, Governor Murphy saying, no, we can't have this murder insurance. And then we have the legislature saying thou shall have some sort of a an insurance mandate that insurance doesn't really cover willful acts, you know, insurance, because if I'm going to use a firearm in self-defense or somebody else is going to use a firearm in self-defense, regardless of the situation, that's a willful act and insurance just doesn't cover that. Well, there's a, well, this is supposed to cover, you know, uh, accidents and it's supposed to cover. Okay. So no. So Danielson ended up pushing a bill that says thou shall issue such policies. And he was a thousand percent sure everything about his bill that he wrote. We know he didn't write it uh, was constitutional. And now there's sound bites of this. I don't even know. I might've shared some of those sound bites with you, but there's recordings of him talking about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, it's interesting. I mean, you talk about the contradiction between Murphy and, and Anderson, but I think the, the commonality is, uh, how do we best screw over gun owners, right? Like oh, that, yeah. that, that's, that's the common thread. And at least in the heads of these uh, anti-gun politicians is how do we, how do we, you know, harm these uh, folks who want to exercise their second amendment rights the most. And for Murphy, it was, well, we got to shut down the murder insurance. And for Danielson, it's, oh, we got to make these gun owners pay more, got to make it as expensive as possible. Uh, so we can try to price people out uh, of their right to carry. And Sadly, this was one of the areas where Judge Baum um, said, all right, now we're at least for now, we're going to let uh, these provisions uh, remain in effect. The uh, the increase in uh, application fees, as well as some of these other standards, um, she did say that making character references come in for an in-person interview, not allowed, uh, but the character references themselves are still OK for now. Uh, In-person uh, interviews for the applicant uh, is still allowed. Now, you went through the process of getting your carry license after Bruin, right? So, yes. And there's he just gave us a lot to unpack here. I know. I know. When we were because I was at the preliminary injunction hearing, as you know, I covered it. And one of the things that I think she did not really I'm not going to say get or understand, but I, maybe it wasn't communicated to her fully um not at the fault of jensen or schmutter which i think are brilliant attorneys uh, was the matter of a subjective criteria so if you're going to be sitting here and saying this person is of good moral character this is a subjective standard and that the fact of all of this case precedent that we have new york by serpa versus bruin we have all this other Heller McDonald saying subjective tests are not okay. Mm -hmm. That kind of got lost in the wash when she said that the the Siegel and Coons plaintiffs didn't meet the burden to throw that portion of the law out. And I disagree with that because uh, it's subjective and period end of story. There shouldn't have to be an argument. And I think this is something that you've touched on before too. Like, well, here it is. It says it in black and white. There is no argument. So, well, now we still need to make the argument whether or not, and I haven't read all of their briefs. I haven't read everything, 
But the, you know, I when I was there, I feel that they made the point the best that they could that this is subjective. Yeah, uh, like, I, yeah. I'm I'm with you. I mean, and I, I you know, listen, I, I I've never met Judge Bum. I don't know anything about Judge Bum other than what I've uh, you know read from her opinions. But I kind of got the sense that that she's looking at this as okay. Um, you can have, uh, you know, a, a a fairly exhaustive process of applying for a carry license. But once that license is issued, you've got the right to bear arms in public and self-defense. Right. Um, and and I, I, I am with you. You know, I, I do think that she allowed, at least for now, um, some very subjective standards to remain in place. And she did. She did say that this. You know, th this can be brought up again. This was, again, a request for a preliminary injunction. So this has not gone to trial. And she did kind of chide the state of New York for not coming up with historic uh, uh, analogs uh, for a lot of these things. But she said, well, I did the research and, and here's what I came up with. Uh, and so she found that, you know, these things she believes, uh, at least in the early stages of this litigation, presumptively uh, constitutional. I'm, I'm with you. I disagree. I think that we are continuing to talk about subjective standards do you yeah. did, did you talk with any of your character references uh to find out like what 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 questions are asked of a character reference uh when 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 somebody else is applying for a carry license what do they want to know from these individuals so for the permit to carry questions i want to say maybe they just called them and confirmed that they certified that i'm a an okay guy right um, and, and my, the officer, the PO that handled, you know, my permit at the time, I got in contact with him. I talked to him a bit about the process too. So he's like, actually, I'm calling your references. He says he calls all the references. And, um, I think that my, you know, my references just said, yeah, they called and confirmed that we signed it, but there are jurisdictions out there that aren't going to just do that they're going to start to ask what i'm going to consider subjective questions so that portion of the process is you know bad so um uh if you're going through now if this gets swallowed and i i'm assuming this will get swallowed by the new jersey forest system which is our electronic system when and if it gets swallowed by the FARS system, then these questions will all be online. Um, the reference will get an email, uh, and then it's just a questionnaire with tick boxes. Are they a drunk? Are they a this? Are they a that? And and that's it. It's And that actually makes it objective, right? So if you're having yes or no questions that are talking about somebody's behavior, you're not getting too far into the subjective nature. Now, if they ask a question, I, I think one of the questions might be, is there any reason why you think this person shouldn't have a firearm? Okay, now that's back to the subjective. But at least if you have it on the computer, it removes the police officer, which is kind of what I want. I want the issuing authority, their questions and their biases completely removed from the process. So that wasn't even the holdup for me. The holdup for me was getting the fingerprints, which... You're still going to have to get every two years. And I'm not even sure if that's being challenged. Um, again, I haven't read all of the, the filing documents. I mean, as you know, the opinion that we just got yesterday was 230 pages. Right. So I'm like laying in bed reading this, you know, on the laptop, you know, uh, while Miss P is just snoring away. I'm like, I'll be done in, in a little <laughs> bit. And like an hour and a half later, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I know. Um, 
So, but that's one of the things that's a holdup is the fingerprints, the reference. And the thing about the references, now they've increased it to four references. They want live ink signatures. So, for example, if I said, Cam, would you mind being my reference? Eh, not a problem. I've known you for two years. You're a good dude. Um, all right. So we got to get together and you actually have to sign the paper. You can't in, in ink, you know. And then that form has to get notarized. So, you know, at least the references don't have to be present for the notary. But now you have four people that you've got to chase down that mm -hmm. you're happy with knowing that you're a gun owner in the state of New Jersey, which is a problem because I don't yeah. want everybody to know I'm a gun owner on my sleeve per se. Granted, I'm very public, obviously. Right. Well, but I'm not and, going and, out of my way to advertise it either. Yeah. I'm, listen, I'm, 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 I'm with you. but. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even think I'd be eligible to be one of your references because I'm in Virginia. Doesn't don't your character references also have to live in New Jersey? I don't know about that. And then uh, you know, if it goes electronic, we'll uh, we'll cross <laughs> that bridge. Because <laughs> I, 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 I now I, I, again, I don't. I'm not 100 percent confident that that's the case either. But I believe that that is the case because um, I, I think I wrote something about this for Barry Arms maybe a year or so ago. That you know, somebody who moves to the state may not know anybody, how on earth are they supposed to have character references that can attest to their good moral character if they, right. you know, if they're a transplant? They don't, they don't, they don't have, you know, longtime friends or associates there. Uh, again, it just, look, what if you're antisocial? What if you don't have four close friends, right? I mean, again, this to me is such an invasion of not our privacy necessarily, although I think it is an invasion of privacy, but it is such a, an intrusion on our individual right to keep and bear arms, which should not be subject to our neighbor's approval uh, or to, you know, the uh, the, the anti-gunner uh, down the street's approval. This is our right that we possess as individuals. And frankly, we start with that right. We can lose it. But in New Jersey, it still seems like they're they're taking it backwards. Right. You you start with no right to keep and bear arms. And only after you prove to the state satisfaction that uh, you are of good moral character, do you gain access to that right? Right. And that's how the licensing laws are written. Um, it's unlawful to possess a, a handgun unless you've gotten a permit to carry. That's where the bar is set. And then there's exemptions. Right? And we've talked about all those exemptions. So what they've done is they've written out exemptions <laughs> into the statute with these 25 sensitive places is OK. Well, uh, we can't have this you know, rule by exemption anymore, so you can't carry anywhere else. And one of the things I joked about, you know, over a year ago is around February of last year before the NYSERPA decision was, you know, New Jersey's going to probably write a law that says you can't carry a firearm within a thousand feet of a, of a mailbox and a thousand feet of a light bulb. So that leaves you a very small section in, in the Pine Barrens where you can go and carry your firearm and, uh, you know. If anybody's watched The Sopranos, you know, the Pine Barrens is a dangerous place, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and it, was a, it wasn't quite that bad, but it was almost as bad. Um, and, and this, I think, is, you know, really the where where judges, uh, Judge Bum's decision, you know, is really good news for gun owners, because uh, the vast majority of those places that the city of New Jersey defined as sensitive, uh, where where guns were banned by default, she said there, there's just no historical basis for these things. Um, 
So everything from, uh, you know, casinos, uh, healthcare facilities, she said, uh, maybe, you know, a hospital, but an ambulatory care facility you can't ban um, uh, guns from. Um, New Jersey also tried to make it impossible for concealed carry holders to carry in their car. Right. You had to have your firearm unloaded. And yeah. And she said, that's no, that that, that can't stand either. Um, It seems to me like, you know, that alone, John, if and I and again, I I assume that the Third Circuit Court of Appeals is going to stay Judge Bum's decision. Uh, I hope that's not the case, but I I assume that that that's going to happen and that, you know, these gun free zones are probably going to remain in effect at least for uh, a short while longer. We'll see what the Supreme Court does. But that in itself, I think, speaks to what the state of New Jersey was trying to do with this legislation. They were not trying to respect the right to carry. They were not trying to ensure that law-abiding citizens had access to this right. They were trying to give the middle finger to the Supreme Court and to gun owners like yourself and say, listen, you you may have that right on paper, but in reality, you you can't carry for self-defense at all. As you say, maybe a couple of, you know, places in the Pine Barrens, but, you know, if you're out and about, uh, you know, you don't have the ability to protect yourself in your car from a carjacker. Uh, you don't have the ability to protect yourself in most public places. Uh, basically, their message was don't even apply for a license. Just, you know, really don't even keep a gun at home. But if you own a gun, that's where it should stay. Oh, yeah, entirely. And, and the, the law as it was written and even the transportation, as egregious as that is, this is suburban New Jersey and uh, urban New Jersey. There's a bit of rural New Jersey, right? It's the Garden State for a reason. But this is the most densely populated state, state in the union. And so if you're going to get out of your car and then you have to get your firearm out of a locked case and then load it and then holster it in the parking lot of one of your, sh- your shopping centers, you're going to get pelted by mochaccinos from Karen's, you know, this is going to be apoplectic. And then the non-brandishing portion of the law that um, uh, the judge bum did not enjoin. She said, well, this is kind of, you know, we've got it on good faith that this isn't a big deal. I believe I read that there. Um, that is a big deal when you're going to require people to, you know, do it that way. So if, And I'm with you. I think that the Third Circuit's going to stay this. I don't think they should. And this is something that I've said to a lot of people. But here we are now, almost not quite a full year yet. Probably the first permits were issued in August or September of last year. There's been zero incidents that we know of with a lawful concealed carrier, you know, creating mayhem or anything like that, or even a a lawful self-defense episode, zero. And I can say that with certainty because it would be all over the news. CNN would be blasting it out. NBC, CBS, everybody would be talking about it. And then you and I would be over here running damage control, right? I mean, tell me, you know. uh, So they're very hubris about this. Now you have people that have been carrying for almost a year now. And Platkin, you know, I don't really care for the Attorney General Platkin, is running his mouth about how this is bad precedent, this is a bad, bad decision. And, and I wrote about this at another site, news2a.com. I wrote about this. He was lauding how great the Supreme Court was on the decision for the, the New York and the New Jersey Waterway Commission being you know dissolved, and the Supreme Court was right, and it was a unanimous decision, and they're great. 
wow, they're not so great now, are they? He's just a whiny little lapdog of Murphy's. So um, I, I, I tell people, you know, I recommend people go ahead and take a look at that uh, piece on news2a.com. And also I've written about um, Murphy's comments um, about this back last year. You know, so these guys were not happy about this very openly um, hostile towards gun owners. And it's like, guys, you just need to stop. Like, just it's time to hang it up. I don't think they can. I, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't think they they can stop. Yeah, you know, Murphy would be a persona non grata in the Democratic Party if he were to uh, to drop his objections to concealed carry. And I think Murphy's got an eye uh, towards higher office. I don't think he's you know, I don't think he's done uh, after his term as governor is up in New Jersey. So. They're going to keep going. But, you know, this is something that Judge Bum even mentioned. She said the whole reason why the legislature passed this law, supposedly, was to protect the public. Um, but violent crime has actually gone down since the Bruin decision came out in New Jersey. Uh, you know, even as more concealed carry holders are, are present. Um, so, you know, she kind of took the legislature to task, uh, not only for uh, trying to do an end run around the, the the Bruin decision, but even for the the rationale uh, behind the concealed carry law, you know, this was a it was not a perfect decision from Judge Bum, but it was a good decision overall. I, I I think even though we didn't get everything we asked for at this early stage, as you say, two hundred thirty pages. This was a thoughtful uh, opinion. It was not a knee jerk reaction. Uh, one way or the other, right? Upholding all, everything that New Jersey uh, pushed for or just simply saying, uh, hey, you know, shall not be infringed. There's a basis for the judge's decisions. And even the parts of the law that she upheld for now, she made it clear that that's not her final decision, right? There is an opportunity for the plaintiffs uh, to 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 make the arguments that the state of New Jersey is violating the rights. Uh, she just has not been convinced at this early stage. Um, again, I, you know, I, where, do I wish it was a clean slate, uh, win for gun owners? Absolutely. But this, right. To me, anyway, this is still a big step forward for, uh, for gun owners like yourself in the garden state. Oh, absolutely. It is. Uh, the one step backwards that we did take that I, I believe is the, the private property rights and I'm, in, I'm into property rights. Don't get me wrong. Um, so Brian Bergen, assemblyman Bergen, he brought this up in, in some of the, uh, the committee hearings talking about, well, if I'm walking my dog and my dog, you know, does his business on somebody's lawn, I've got to step on their lawn to clean that up. And if I don't have permission to be on that person's property and I'm armed, that's supposed to be a felony. And Joe Danielson said, yes, I believe that should be a felony. So, uh, you know, cleaning up your dog excrement should be a felony. And that portion of the law the private property permission, I believe she did not enjoin. I believe she said that you need to get express permission in order to go on private property that's not open to the public. So private property open to the public, you should be good to go. And again, once all of this works its way out, you know, um, we'll get it from the legal eagles. Don't take my word for it at all. Mm. Um, but I do believe we walked backwards on the private property, not open to public and how that's going to flesh out and something like the dog doo-doo incident, how that's going to weigh, you know, in the big picture is, you know, you're doing your due diligence. Yeah. And, and you're, you're right. I mean, she did, you know, and it is important to know that again, that's private property, not open to the public. So 
the whole idea of uh, New Jersey wanted every private bit of private property to be a no gun zone by default. Right. And that would include commercial establishments. You know, even if there were specific things like casinos, you all know that's completely off limits. In essence, every private business was off limits. And Judge Bum said, no, 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 no. That's not the case. Uh, they, they can post sign it saying guns aren't allowed. But you're right. When it came to, you know, people's domiciles, she said, well, yeah, that that seems to be reasonable. I think there's probably a way, there's certainly a way for the legislature to address it, but I think there's a way for the courts to address it so that, you know, incidental, um, you know, uh, uh, venturing onto someone's curtilage for the purpose of, you know, picking up dog poop or you dropped your wallet or whatever. There, 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 there should be a way that that does not become a felony offense uh, while still respecting, because I'm with you, I, I, I'm a big believer in all of our individual rights, not just our right to keep our arms, but our right to private property as well. So if a, you know, if a homeowner wants to uh, say, listen, this is a gun-free zone, okay, I think they should be able to do that. Um, but as you say, there's got to be a reasonable way for lawful gun owners to go about their daily business, including picking up their dog's business, um, without worrying about being put in prison for three to five years, you know, simply because they, as you say, clean up a bit of dog poop or, you know, maybe gave their neighbor their mail or something like that. Um, I hope that that's something that can be fleshed out in the courts. Cause again, I know we're not going to get any relief anytime soon from the New Jersey legislature. No. And, and none of these things should be felonies. Zero. None yeah. of this stuff should be felonious. It should be, if you want to play this game, then it's a ticket. Let's play this game. This is a fundamental right. Show me another fundamental right that if you abuse it, you get a felony. Tell me what it, what that right is, you know? Yeah, I'm with you, man. I am absolutely with you. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on the program. Uh, and, you know, of course, you know by now that I appreciate uh, everything you contribute to Bearing Arms. But uh, thank you again for spending some time with us today. And like you said, uh, you can check John out not only at BearingArms.com, but at uh, AmmolandNews2A.com. You're, you're getting around, man. I am. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't first, uh, well, finally throw out a, a big thank you to all of the people involved in these cases. This tremendous uh, Association of New Jersey Rifle Pistol Clubs is one of the cases. And then we also have the Second Amendment Foundation Firearms Policy Coalition, CNJFO, NJ2AS doing one of the other cases. And I have to say that Daniel Schmutter and David Jensen are tremendous attorneys. These guys are doing great work. Look into those groups. Those groups are doing God's work for all of us. They really are and support them. I just have to throw that plug out there because you know as well as I do, uh, a lot of our rights wouldn't be here as far as the Second Amendment goes if it wasn't for some of these key players. Yeah, absolutely. John Petrolino, you're a key player as well, my friend. I thank you so much for coming to the show and I look forward to doing this again very soon. Uh, thank you for having me, Cam. It was a pleasure to be with you. I appreciate John joining us on the program. And of course, uh, be sure to check out uh, John's writings at BarryAndArms.com, as well as, you know, Ammo Land and some of the other places where he uh, shares his stories. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day. And our recidivist report will start there with a uh, story out of Nebraska where a uh, North Platte man sentenced after a burglary spree that included, by the way, an armed robbery charge. Given that this is the recidivist report, you uh, might guess what the sentence this man received for his crime spree was. Yeah, 40-year-old Matthew Patch pleaded no contest to two felony burglary counts, and District Judge Cindy Volkmer sentenced him to 36 months probation. 
on Monday in Lincoln County District Court. Uh, he elected to pay restitution uh, to the sum of $7 to Dollar General, as well as $300 to a laundry zone uh, out of his bond. According to police records, Pat spent uh, the day of November 25th, 2022, making stops at the Quick Stop, Time and Tool Equipment Rental, Dollar General, North Platte Pawn Shop, and Laundry Zone. According to the uh, North Platte Telegraph, all of these incidents involved Pat wearing a mask and tennis shoes, although he changed other accessories to his outfit. And at each stop, he uh, managed to take goods uh, ranging uh, in value from between $200 to $500, cutting a hole in the wall of multiple businesses with a knife and then taking what he would what he could get his hands on. Sometimes he would climb through the ceiling to gain access. Also performed uh, armed robbery with what appeared to be a firearm at the uh, quick stop, broke into the laundry zone through the front door. Uh, so again, this was not one incident. This was a string of incidents. At one point, again, uh, brandishing what he wanted the victims to believe was a firearm. And Matthew Patch getting a slap on the wrist and sent on his way 36 months probation and a don't do it again for a uh, one-man, one-day crime spree. Today's Armed Citizen story from Houston, Texas, where a woman who works at a daycare and her new boyfriend ended up in a shootout with her ex, who she says had been stalking her and uh, approached her uh, outside of the daycare. Yeah, this is a, uh, a scary situation here. And, you know, again, daycares are one of those places where Democrats say, well, this should be a gun-free zone. Nobody should be able to bring a gun inside a, a daycare facility. And I understand as parents, we want to make sure that our kids are safe. But I also understand that um, in some circumstances, that means those daycare employees have the ability to fight back. Whether it's against an attacker who is targeting the kids or someone who is targeting them. According to ABC 13 in Houston, the daycare employee just arrived at the daycare when police say her ex-boyfriend showed up. She had previously told the owner of the daycare that her ex had been stalking her. Um, but according to ABC 13, it's not known at this point whether a restraining order or uh, calls of domestic violence had been documented. Detective Chad Graham with the Houston Police Department said that the man confronted the woman about something before both of them started shooting at each other. Police got 10 shots were fired, both Sent to the hospital with wounds to the abdomen and chest. The woman listed as stable. The suspect in critical condition. The woman not facing any charges. The suspect, however, faces charges of aggravated assault of a family member, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, as well as a felon in possession of a firearm. Police also say that the woman's boyfriend, uh, current boyfriend, was there when her ex showed up. He also fired shots at the uh, ex as well. Uh, and it's uh, unknown whether or not uh, he sustained any injuries. But again, it doesn't look like he is facing charges either. A, a case of armed self-defense outside of this daycare in Virginia. Finally today, our good deed of the day, uh, is, is that Virginia? Houston, Texas, excuse me. Our good deed of the day is from Virginia, Colonial Heights, Virginia, as a matter of fact, the uh, Richmond suburb, where a Virginia man saved a grandmother and her grandchildren from a house fire. Um, yeah, again, a very tense and scary situation. There in uh, Colonial Heights, it was on Tuesday, uh, excuse me, uh, on Monday of this week, Bradley Stuller said there was something bad happening and I could help, so that's all I could do. Uh, he was driving down the road Monday afternoon when he saw smoke coming out of a house. He said, I, I met up with a young kid in the car, and I asked him if the house was on fire, and he said, yeah. And I said, is anybody in there? And he said, Meemaw. 
Oh, so that's when Stuller ran around to the back of the home. He went inside. He said it was pitch black. He couldn't see anything. He said, I got her down the stairs and outside. But then once she was out on the yard, he ran back in. He said, the fire's right there in the living room. And that's where I could hear babies crying. He said, the fire's three feet away from me. I could hear the kids six feet away from me. Um, Stuller was not able to reach the children, but thankfully, firefighters from Colonial Heights made it into the home and managed to pull the kids out. Uh, one of them aged uh, two years, one of them just a year old. Um, at last report, both the children and the grandmother listed in critical condition at a local hospital in Richmond. Destiny Davis, one of the family members, says, I just thank him so much. He is the reason that my grandmother is alive. I uh, don't know what the cause of the fire was at this point. They believe that it uh, started in the living room. That's where the fire was largely contained to. The children apparently were in a pack and play there in the uh, living room. A uh, GoFundMe has been set up to uh, help the family with you know the costs associated with uh, the damage done in the blaze. But at this point, again, family is also requesting prayers for the uh, grandmother and the two children who are in the hospital. So if you are the praying kind, you know what to do. Uh, send your prayers up for that family. Speaking of, by the way, um, I have a sad update to a story we first brought you a couple of months ago. Um, I had asked for prayers for this couple in Southern California, a husband and wife who were both battling cancer. Um, and I am sad to report that um, one of these two individuals has passed away. Leonard Salinas uh, lost his fight with cancer earlier this month. Longtime Ventura County Probation Officer was diagnosed with two kinds of lung cancer, both stage four, uh, last October. His wife was also diagnosed with cancer not long earlier, and the uh, two of them were profiled in local media because, again, of of the circumstances, right, where they're both fighting cancer. Uh, and unfortunately, Leonard Salinas, who was beloved by his family, by his friends, by the community at large. Uh, he was a photographer, a videographer, a graphic designer, worked on weddings, music videos, and concerts. Um, actually played with Grammy-winning composer and arranger Nan Schwartz, who uh, said he was fantastic. She said he would never charge her for the work. Um, he would just, you know, kind of deflect every time. She'd say, send me an invoice. She said she finally wrote him a check, made him take it. She said that's the kind of guy he was. Uh, his obituary reports that he was a performer himself who sang with his father in an entertainment band. He met his wife nearly 25 years ago in an Irish pub alongside another man who was also interested in her. But uh, she said she picked Salinas because of his charm and his smile. They married 15 years ago. She, um, Salinas, uh, said that, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, his uh, wife, uh, Ms. Marquez, said that even at the end, he still took care of me. She said, I can either cry because of the loss or choose to smile every day because of the time that I spent with such a wonderful man. Salinas was a hero to his family, to his friends, to those who knew and loved him. And as somebody who has been uh, dealing with my own spouse's fight with cancer for seven years, I, I know um, the struggle that uh, his wife was dealing with and caring for herself and trying to care for her husband. Um, my thoughts and my prayers go out to her and her family right now. And I hope that she is able to, I don't know. I was going to say, find some closure. You can't, you can't, but I hope that she is able to rely on the 
help of her friends and family, as well as the uh, kindness and the thoughts and prayers of strangers to help her through this incredibly difficult time. So again, if you're the praying kind, please keep a uh, little room in your heart for uh, Leonard Salinas and his wife, Maria Marquez. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Again, want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, I'm looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow. Until then, make sure you check out BearingArms.com. We are updating the website throughout the day with all the Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. And if you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP member. Just go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. It is so critically important. We have independent pro-Second Amendment voices right now, considering the anti-gun bias inherent in the mainstream media so thank you for your support really it means a lot and we're going to say thanks not only by you know verbalizing it but by giving you exclusive content news stories analysis you won't find anywhere else because your support really does matter and it does make a difference so thank you again from the bottom of my heart we'll see you back here thursday until then be well be safe and be free (laughs) 